Um, so we're starting a new series today. It's a four-week series. It's going to lead us straight up to Christmas, and it's called The Perfect Gift. And what we're going to be talking about, obviously, is the gift that God gives to us at Christmas. Uh, we might spend time shopping around trying to find the perfect gift for others, but really Christmas is about the perfect gift that God gave to us to address the challenges and the needs and the difficulties and the problems that we face, um, and he's extended himself to us through his son. So as we start today, I want to start with inviting you to participate in this sermon with me, um, and I'm going to ask you to do something that you may have wanted to do for a while. You just haven't had the right opportunity to do it, and you've probably wanted to do it even more now that the, the, the holidays are coming and relationships kind of sometimes there's a little more stress and sometimes there's a little more tension and sometimes there are a few more challenges and difficulties. So I'm going to invite you to, to, to do something that you probably already want to do. I'm going to have you turn to the person next to you in just a minute. Turn to the person next to you, and I'm going to give you three words to say to them, and I want you to say them with passion and emphasis and sincerity. I want you to say, you need help. Turn to the person next to you and do it. Just tell them, you need help. All right, sermon's over. Thank you guys so much for coming. Man, you guys are giving explanations about all of the ways that each other needs help. Um, we're going to talk for the next few minutes about the universal truth, the universal reality that no matter how buttoned up we are, how polished we are on the outside, how good we seem to have it, how accomplished we are, how smart we are, how you know, good we think we are, every single one of us, if we're honest with ourselves, more importantly, if we're honest with God today, we know, each and every one of us, that each and every one of us needs help in some area of our life. We don't have the power or the strength or the courage or the fortitude to get through some of the things that life presents without help. And I'll start us off by talking about a little bit of a time in my life when I needed some help and maybe that'll encourage you to open up a little bit as you think through this sermon today. When I first became a Christian, I, uh, I knew that I needed help in the area of dating. I was a single guy, and I had not been a Christian before that, and so I had my own philosophies about dating, and um, those did not produce the kinds of results that I had been hoping for, and so as a Christian, I said, you know what, I need some help, but I had no idea how to date as a Christian man. I felt like, you know, I, I don't even know how to even begin uh, to do this, so um, I looked up the chapter on dating in the Bible. And, um, wait a minute, no, I, I couldn't find that chapter. All the single people are like, yeah, right. We looked for that too. Um, so, so I couldn't find the chapter there. And so what I did was what anybody of my generation would do. I opened a laptop and I Googled how to date Christian. And one of the first hits I got was Amazon.com. And there was a book that I found by a guy named Henry Cloud, and it was called How to Get a Date Worth Keeping. And he's a Christian author, and he writes about dating as a Christian. And so I ordered the book. What do I have to lose? I uh, ordered the book, got the book, sat down, read the book, and the book is so basic. Like, now that I look back on it, I go, come on, that's a no-brainer. But at the time, you know, it's like, um, don't get intoxicated on your dates. I was like, hey, that's a great, actually, that's a great idea. Uh, don't get too uh, serious too early. 
Don't get too physical. Don't, uh, you know, don't bring up heavy topics on your very first date. Like, kind of make it fun, you know. Um, ask people to set you up. Uh, one of the big ones was get a group of people around you who are in good relationships, who you can talk to, and they can give you advice and counsel and insight and input uh, from their relationship. And so I did all of those things, and things were working out pretty well. I started dating, and, you know, it started, started being a, a nice time in my life, a healthy sort of period of dating. And then... I reconnected with an old friend of mine, and her name uh, was Rebecca Radmer. Uh, and immediately I knew it was time for me to get rid of the dating book, got back on Google, and started finding uh, marriage books because I knew that that's the direction that I would be headed. Because at some point in my life, I figured out that there are areas of my life where I don't have it figured out. No matter how smart I am, no matter how accomplished I am, I need help. And Rebecca and I got together, and then we said, we need help. And we went to a Christian counselor together, and we got books, and we, we learned, and we took in advice. And it was one of the most life-transforming periods of my life when I started opening up my heart and saying, I need help. And today, if you are here, you know, deep down in your heart, that there are areas in your life where you need help. And if you don't know what those are, Turn to the person next to you and ask them because they will know precisely what they are. Uh, if we admit it to ourselves, there's a universal truth that we must all agree upon because we all know that it's true. And that is that there are some problems in life that are too great for us to resolve on our own. And for those problems, we need help. Today for you, it may be you're nearing the Christmas season and your finances are tight and you've struggled with finances before and maybe you're in debt and maybe you're not sure how to get out of it and maybe you keep you know falling into the same patterns and at some point in your heart you know you need help maybe guys for for some of you it's uh it's you know you want to be a better man you've struggled with things in your past and you're struggling with them in your present and you think you know what I just wish that I was a better man or a better husband or a better friend or a better dad, but I don't know how to get there on my own and I need some help. Uh, women, maybe for you, you're, you're, you know, if you're a mom or a, or a wife, you're thinking, you know, I wish I were a better mom and I, I need some help with that. Or I, I wish I were a better wife and I need some help with that. Or, you know, I just wish I were a better friend. Or maybe I, I, ha I have some challenges in my career and I don't know how to walk through them and I, I actually just could use some help. Maybe it's some emotional things that you're experiencing, uh, especially as the holidays come on. Sometimes our emotions kind of get uh, a little bit whipped up, and, and maybe today you're, you're experiencing, you know, uh, some anger or some anxiety or even some depression because for you, the holiday season isn't a time of joy. It's a time of, of, of worry and anxiety and stress because maybe there's been loss in your life, and so you know, you're, you're, you're not looking forward to these holidays. You're sort of cringing as everybody else seems to be smiling and enjoying it. You're going, you know, I, I'm, I'm struggling. And deep down in my heart of hearts, I know that I need help. Whatever that is for you, you know it. Doesn't matter if I know it. Doesn't matter if the person next to you knows it. What matters is that you know it. And today, Jesus invites us to reveal to him, to open up to him, that need because he's here as the perfect gift to address and fulfill 
and resolve the needs that we have. If this is you, you're going to love this series. If you're a person who knows in your heart, I need help. You're going to love this series because it's based upon a prophecy from uh, the prophet Isaiah, who 700 years ago declared this truth. And many of you know this scripture. He says, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now, okay. <laughs> um, sorry, the lights went out just for a minute. Um, and, and, and in this scripture, he's saying God is going to provide the perfect gift for you. And that gift... He describes with these four characteristics, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. So for the next four weeks, we're going to spend some time exploring these four titles, these four characteristics of Jesus, and exploring what is the deep human need that this characteristic, that this role resolves. And today we're looking at wonderful counselor. And what I love about this concept of wonderful counselor is that some of you probably in your hearts have grown up with a conception of God that's sort of twofold. He's a rewarder and he's a punisher. So he rewards you when you do good and he pats you on the head and says that's the way to go. And then when you do bad, you sense that he's just there to condemn you and crush you and grind you down into the earth. And this scripture says, no, he's more than that. He's somebody that will come to you in your time of need in your difficulty, in your struggle, not to condemn you, but to love you, to hear you, to lead you, and to guide you where he wants you to be. You see, there are three things that you need in a counselor. You need somebody who hears you, you need somebody who understands you, and you need somebody who can guide you to where you need to go. The scripture says this in Hebrews about Jesus. It says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. He says, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. He's been tested in every way just as we are, and yet he didn't sin. Let us then, it says, approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to what? Help us in our time of need. Jesus is not here just to condemn or just a reward. He's here to find you where you are and to lead you to where you need to go. Three things you need in a counselor. Somebody who hears you, somebody who understands you, and somebody who can guide you where you need to go. This scripture says he hears you and he gets you. Have you ever had that experience where you're talking to somebody and they just get you? When you have a need, when you have a struggle, when you have a challenge or a difficulty, you want to go to somebody who understands that challenge. You want to go to somebody who's been there, but who's not there anymore. You want to go to somebody who's, who's felt the things that you feel, who's thought the thoughts that you've thought, so that when you're explaining to them, there's a familiarity there, and they go, yeah, yeah, I get that, and let me guide you to where you need to go, right? If, I'm, if I've got a pastoral issue, if I want to say, all right, how are we going to launch this new ministry, or how are we going to build this team, or whatever, you know who I want to go to? I want to go to pastors who have already done it. I'm going to go, to, I spent two hours on, on, on vacation uh, uh, taking a pastor out to lunch 
because their church is 10 years old and our church is five years old. And so there were some things that I'm thinking, you know, we want to be there, you know, ne- next year. or We want to be doing that two years from now. And so I just sat down. I go, look, I'm buying your lunch because all I'm going to do is just extract stuff from you. I'm just going to get information from you. So, and I just sat there and wrote it down. And he told me every, everything, you know, that he knows in those areas. Now, if I'm going to do some work on my house, I don't want to talk to pastors about that. I want to talk to somebody who's done some work on a house. Uh, this week, my brother-in-law was in, is in town. And he came uh, into our family room when he first came in. And he noticed that we have a chessboard on our coffee table. And uh, really, it's, it's mostly for show, let's be honest. I mean, the, the chessboard is, doesn't get a lot of use. There's a little dust on it. Um, and Jeff comes in and he says, hey, you guys have a chessboard. He said, you know, I'd like to, why don't we play a game? And I'm like, okay, let's see, how does the bishop move again? And how does the knight move again? And so we start playing, and it turns out we're, you know, we're pretty even. You know, he beats me a game, and I beat him a game. And we had one game where we had a draw. I didn't even know you could do that uh, on chess, but we had a stalemate. So we're playing this game, and, um, you know, we go back and forth. We're pretty even. That was Friday night. Saturday, I come down, and uh, I say, hey, Jeff, you want to play some chess? He says, yeah. And Jeff can testify to this. I start whooping his tail all over the chessboard. I'm running him up one side, down the other, checkmate, checkmate, checkmate. What Jeff doesn't know, but what he's about to find out right now, is that Friday night, I went up to my bedroom, opened my laptop, and Googled how to play chess. <laughs> I found a master chess player who had produced some videos who gave me some strategy on how to beat your brother-in-law at chess, right? I said I needed some help. And I need somebody who's been where I've been, but who has gone on to where I want to go. Jesus says, I have been where you've been. I can empathize with your pain. I can feel your struggle. I've experienced your heartbreak. If you've, if you're experienced depression and grief, he's been there. If you're experiencing anger and frustration, he's been there. If you're experiencing hopelessness and despair, he's been there. If you're being tempted by things that you know you shouldn't do, but you are struggling to decide whether you are or not going to do them, he's been there. He's been tempted in every way and tested in every way, just like we have. And he's there to say, look, I want to bring you through. I'm here to give you help. I'm here to counsel you through it. In fact, the problem, the struggle, the difficulty, the challenge that you know about, that maybe nobody else knows about, is your access point to a relationship with Jesus. The very thing that causes you the greatest pain, the greatest frustration, the greatest hurt is the very place where you begin to have a relationship with God. One day Jesus was at a party with a group of people, and these are people with problems. They had all kinds of problems, all kinds of stuff going on in their lives. This was a rowdy group of folks that were not righteous people. And some really self-confident, really self-satisfied, really self-righteous people came not, not to the party, but outside of the party. And they kind of gathered around the outside of the party. And this is one of these open houses where, uh, you know, like there, there's, a, there's a flat roof and people are partying up there. And there are windows and all this. And so these righteous folks are leaning in to Jesus' disciples who are inside the party. And they say, listen, if your leader is so righteous and so good and so upstanding, 
what's he doing hanging around with all of these folks that are clearly not that? These are people with problems. Jesus overhears them, and here's what he says. He says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. He said, I have not come to call the righteous, but I've come to call sinners unto repentance. What he's saying is this. If you're a person who can say in your heart of heart, God, I need some help, he's here for you. If you haven't gotten to that point where you say, I need some help, he can't help you. Because he's only there to heal the sick. And the righteous and the self-righteous and the self-confidence outside of the party are the group of people that he just can't serve at this point because they haven't gotten to that that moment of self-reflection, that moment of self-awareness where they can say, God, I need some help. Here's another way of putting it. Wonderful help is available when we reveal, when we receive, and when we respond. That word wonderful counselor, the Hebrew word is pele, which basically means there are not words to describe the thing I'm trying to describe. It makes, it fills me with wonder. It fills me with awe. How brilliant and beautiful and majestic and amazing God's counsel is when we reveal ourselves and receive it and respond to it. I can't even wrap my mind around it, uh, the prophet is saying. I, 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 it's so wonderful. It, it fills me with wonder. There are not words to describe it. That's what that word means. It means I can't describe it. God is saying to you and I today, I am here. I I sent my son Jesus as a wonderful counselor. The things that he can do are beyond description. The things that he can transform in your heart and change in your life are beyond compare. And some of you are, are, are afraid to even dare to dream of what he can do in your heart and in your life and in your mind. And Jesus is saying, wonderful help is available when we reveal when we receive and when we respond. Reveal means that we just, we just put it out there. We just get real. We just get raw with God in our life. In fact, we need to do two things when it comes to revealing. You got to get real with God and at least one other person on this planet. Somebody needs to know your stuff. Jesus' uh, brother, James, says that when we confess our sins to each other and pray for each other, that's when we are healed. We have to find, I don't need to know your business and you don't need to know my business, but somebody needs to know mine and somebody needs to know yours. The Bible teaches us to open our hearts and confess. And when we do that, the light of God's love begins to shine in our hearts, begins to shine in our life in a way that it can't shine if we're trying to cover, if we're trying to keep it hidden. When I began to struggle as a, as a young man, after my father passed away, uh, I struggle in every area of my life. It, it wasn't like, oh, there's an area of my life that I need help. It was like every area of my life needs help. There's not an area where I don't need help. Um, and, I, and I finally, I was in California, and, and finally one day I picked up the phone and I called a counselor. Now, where I grew up and the way I grew up, that was unheard of. That was like strange. But I just knew that I needed some help. And I by God's grace, met a, a woman, a Christian woman in her 60s. Her name was Willetta Helene, and she had a big laugh and a big smile and invited me into her office, and man, I mean, I just put it out there. I mean, I, I, I just, everything. 
Willetta Helene heard everything. She's got it all. Everything I'd ever thought, everything I'd ever said, everything I'd ever done, it just, I just, it just spilled out. It just spilled out until there was nothing to spill out anymore. And then I was, I was tired. After about six months of spilling my stuff, I'm like, all right, I feel like I'm good. You think I'm good? She's like, yeah, you're good. Get out of here. So I said, all right, I'm out of here. But at some point in your life, you got to open it up. And you got to confess and you got to reveal. Because it's when you reveal that God can begin to heal. It's only after you reveal that he can begin to heal. The second thing is this. You've got to receive, right? So it's not enough for you just to go dump your stuff. You got to start hearing the voice of God as he speaks back to you. Prayer is not just about you talking. It's about you talking and then it's about you listening, right? So we need to start to hear as a church and as a community and as individuals, start to hear the voice of God speaking into those areas that are challenging and difficult for us. God, my relationship is struggling. God, my finances are struggling. God, my emotions are in a bad spot. God, I'm being tempted by this or struggling with that. Now stop and listen to what God says back to you. Sometimes you're going to hear God speak at a moment like this. While I'm preaching God's word, I'm saying whatever it is that I'm saying, but you're hearing God speak into a thing that you need help with. Right? Listen to that. It might be that when you're reading the scripture, you know, we've got we've to spend some time in his word. Get up in the morning, open his word, and start reading the New Testament. Or in the evening, or whenever you, you, know, you have some, some, some space, Get down and start reading his word because then you start to hear it. Sometimes you get his word through other people. They speak into your life, right? And they're righteous and they've been listening to the Lord and they start to speak into your life. Sometimes it's circumstances. But we've got to start to attune ourselves to hearing God's word, right? There's a great little, my kids are into penguins right now. It's National Geographic. They like to watch these little documentaries. And, you know, these penguins will get on this float and there'll be thousands of penguins in a colony. And they all kind of have like, you know, the same outfit on. The, the, the little black wings and the little white suit and, you know. And there are thousands of them. And inevitably, the little chicks, the little baby penguins get separated from their parents. But what they have developed over time is this very highly sensitive sense of hearing. This highly attuned sense of hearing. And this highly attuned sense of calling. And so when a chick and a parent gets separated, get separated from one another... They'll start making those calls, and the other one will start to hear them. And there can be thousands, and they can be separated by acres, but they will be able to recognize their parent's voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and they follow me. And Jesus is saying, look, I want you to follow me. And I'm reaching out to you, and you know that I'm speaking to you, and you know that area where you are struggling, and you need help, and I want to speak into that, and I want you to listen to me, because you're my child. Not because I want to condemn you, not because I want to hurt you, not because I want to harm you, because I, because I want you to grow. I want you to come forward. I want you to be healed. So Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Begin to listen, begin to hear, and then we respond. We don't just put it out there and then listen. We do what he says. Jesus had a, a, an amazing encounter, and ac actually a very sad encounter, with uh, a young man who was very wealthy and who was very prominent and who was very, um, you know, very sincere, very earnest guy uh, and, and, and who wanted to, to follow Jesus. And the scripture says that this young man um, ran to Jesus. 
didn't just walk. He, he saw Jesus and he ran to him. Scripture says he dropped down onto his knees and he said, Jesus, can you please tell me what I need to do to, to, to have eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know, follow the commandments. Don't, don't kill, don't steal, don't, you know, don't commit adultery. And kind of goes down the list. And, and the young man says, I'm, I'm doing all that. I've already done all of that from the time I was little. And then the scripture says something really interesting. It says Jesus loved the man. He loved him, and so what he decided to do was to reveal to him the one thing that he was holding on to that was preventing him from having a relationship with God. And for that young man, because he was so wealthy, for him it was his desire to hold on to his stuff and to place his stuff and his money and his possessions higher than God. And so Jesus said, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Young man, I want you to give away all your possessions, sell, sell your possessions, give all of that to the poor, and then come and follow me. And the scripture says that the young man, his face fell, and he walked away saddened because he had many possessions. Jesus is saying, look, young man, you came to me, you revealed your desire, you received my word, I spoke it to you, but you couldn't respond. And the young man walked away. Some of you today are saying, you know, that's been my pattern. That's been my life, and I don't know how to break it. I keep, you know, seeking God. I keep coming after him, and then I know what to do, and then I start to do it, and then I fail. And then suddenly I can't do it. And I keep feeling like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to come up, and then I'm, go, I'm falling back, and two steps forward, one step back. Here's the final truth that Jesus wants us to get from this sermon, from this message today. And that is, if you want God's best, just give him your worst. Don't try to give him your best. Give him the stuff. Give him that problem. That problem of, I keep coming after you and I keep falling down. Give him the parts of you that you don't want anybody else to see. Jesus was surrounded at another point by this group of, again, self-confident, self-righteous people. And he tells them a parable, and, and I'm going to close with this. Ernest, you can come on up. He, he tells them this parable. He says this. He says, there were two men at the temple. One of the men was a Pharisee. He was very righteous. He was very put together. The other guy was a tax collector. He was a sinner, and he was just a, 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 a screw-up with his life. I mean, he just just kept messing up and he said the, the righteous guy came and came to the temple and lifted his voice and he said God I just thank you that I am so good I thank you that I don't struggle in those areas like other people do I thank you that I'm not an adulterer I thank you that I'm not a a, a murderer I thank you that I'm not a robber or an evildoer God I, I actually thank you that I'm not like that guy the tax collector right there who I know is a bad guy, and you know is a bad guy. Thank you for, for not letting me be like him. You know, just thank you. I'm so, I'm so pleased with how I turned out. Scripture, Jesus said that the other man was so broken, so humbled, so tore up about his stuff, had tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed, that he couldn't even raise his eyes up. His eye, head was bent down, his eyes were downcast, he beat his chest, and he said, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. That's all I've got, Lord. 
All I've got to give you is my worst. I don't have any of the good stuff that that guy's got to give you. All I've got, Lord, is this part of me that I just, I don't know what to do with. I don't know how to get through it. I don't know how to get over this hurdle. Today, God is saying to you, give him that thing that you don't want to give him. Let him have that. Turn it over to him. What would it look like if we as a church, if we as a family, began to get real raw, real transparent, and super real with the stuff that's going on inside of us? We say, God, I just need you to touch that part. I need you to get involved in that part of my life. Lord, I need help. I need your help. What would it look like if our community began to do that? And we together, collectively, led the charge and said, God, we invite you into our life, into the good stuff, into the bad stuff, into every aspect of our life. Lord, we need your help. What would our world look like if instead of pride and hubris and covering and lying and deceit, we said, look, here's, the, here's, here's what I am. Here's what I need. And God, I need you. I cannot do it on my own. I cannot make it on my own. The gift of God to you this Christmas is the wonderful counselor. It's the little child that started off in a manger who is here to provide you with great, powerful, wonderful, good counsel, insight, direction. And not only that, because he knows that even with that, you're going to stumble. He goes from the manger to the cross. And he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to give you my whole self. I'm going to pour myself out for you. So that part of you that is so messed up and so broken, I'm going to take that. I'm going to give you my righteousness and I'm going to take your unrighteousness. I'm going to give you my joy. I'm going to take your despair. I'm going to give you my life and I'm going to take your pain and your death. I'm going to give you my hope and I'm going to pull away that depression. I'm going to carry that. That sin that you're experiencing, that temptation, I'm going to carry that for you and I'm going to give you some strength and some courage to walk it out. Jesus gives us the greatest gift. He gives us his best. And his best is perfect. He gives us himself. Today, as we move towards the holidays and we start to move towards Christmas, I just want to invite you, every single one of you, to open up your hearts in ways that you've never done before. Today, I don't have a practical one, two, three, go and do this. It's just very simple. Open up your heart to the Lord and say, God, I need help right here. Right here is where I need help. My wife and I need help. My finances need help. My kids and I need help. My job, I need some help. I'm struggling with this feeling. I'm struggling with anger. I'm struggling with depression or anxiety or whatever it is. God, come into that part of my life. Touch that part of my life. Heal that part of my life. Heal me. I need help. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, for this 
beautiful and powerful truth that you speak into every one of our hearts today. And it's the truth that every single one of us here today, as followers of you and those who are not even sure that they believe in you, all agree that we need some help. That we need your help. That we need some guidance and some strength, some courage and some love, some peace and some hope and some joy in our life. And so today, God, I just pray that every single person in this auditorium experiences that little transcendent moment when they can open up their hearts to you and say, God, I need you. I need help. We need help. As a family, as a church, as a community, all of us, we come to you, God, and we say we invite you in to the parts of our lives where we need you the most. We give you our pain, our suffering, and our struggle. Lord, and we receive your peace, your joy, your strength, your encouragement, your hope, your valor, your courage, God. We take it, and we give you all of the stuff that we can't carry anymore. We lay it on your shoulders. God, we thank you for your sacrifice for us. We thank you for your gift to us, the gift of your life. And Father, we pray that not only we receive it, but that many, many, many more receive it. In this coming year, Lord, bring them in. Let them experience your love. Let them experience your life. Let them experience your hope. Transform their lives, God, and, and make us emissaries of light for you, reaching out to your world, bringing hope and peace and love to everyone we meet. Father, we praise you for this. May you be honored and may you be magnified and may you be glorified by us here today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.